High Noon with George Hook. News Talk 106 to 108. Uh, welcome, Dr. Kelly. Thank you very much, George. I'm going to cut straight. I'm going to cut straight to the chase because, of course, many people listening at lunchtime won't have remembered your famous relationship with me on <laughs> uh, Drive Time Radio. Feels I'm, like old times. Yes. And this is where people send their health queries, medical queries, to 53106. Uh, we answer them, I hasten to add, from our different points of view. <laughs> now, Dean in Dublin, for instance, says blood pressure 138 over 80. He's 25 a male otherwise healthy sure he isn't healthy if he's 138 over 80 you do have to bear in mind that 135 over 80 is still a normal blood pressure now the systolic number the 135 the one above the line if you like is a little high for for uh, a for a 25 year old but it's still within the normal range so it's not necessarily something that we you know would be jumping up and down about and also bear this in mind I wonder where a 25-year-old is having his blood pressure taken. Is he six? He's at the doctor? Probably not. My guess is he's gone into a chemist and has it taken. Or maybe he's had it taken at the gym. Which makes me wonder, is he a little bit anxious about his blood pressure at all, at all? Do you know what I'm I mean? Sure you, of course you should be anxious about your blood pressure. Uh, you should not be anxious about your blood pressure at 25. Let's just say this is within the normal range. All right. And I'm wondering why he's having it checked at all. And I'm wondering, is the fact that his systolic is slightly up more to do with the fact that he's a bit worrying about his blood pressure than about any other thing? Well, what about a 35-year-old woman, Kelly, who has constant heartburn? Severe it is. She goes on and she says... Oh, a history of heartburn in the family. History of heartburn in the family. But she also says, I have a very healthy diet. Can you explain that to me? And the perverse thing is about heartburn is sometimes in people with very healthy diets, it's worse because they're eating loads of fruit and they're eating loads of vegetables, they're eating loads of fibre, which is quite rough on your but upper stomach. But do they not break wind if they're eating all that stuff, which, well, really, which eases the heartburn? <laughs> they may well break wind. I find breaking wind eases heartburn. Steady, steady on. Am I wrong we're at, or a, we're not? at a new time slot, George. <laughs> Am I not wrong? Uh, no, breaking wind, alas, will not. E- do you mean belching? Well, breaking wind from any orifice. Okay. Occasionally people with heartburn or dyspepsia or the other terms that people use for it do belch a lot. They do. Um, And that's often in conjunction with they have maybe a touch of gastritis, which is a bit of inflammation in the stomach. But that's in conjunction sometimes with a thing called a hiatus hernia we often see. Ah, look, come on. Uh, This is, uh, you haven't changed a bit. Like for (laughs) six weeks I haven't spoken to you and suddenly you get something reasonably simple like heart burn and suddenly we're ringing up for an ambulance. We're not ringing up for any ambulances. Here's the thing. Sometimes Can't you take a Dr. Murphy's You can take an ambulance. You can but here's, here's the couple of things. If you have a very healthy diet high in fruit and vegetables this can be sometimes worse because a bland diet helps heartburn. So one that is high in white carbs and one that is high so in, in she dairy. So she mashed potatoes. And that kind of thing. Yes. But you can also take antacids. But here is here's the nub of the thing. If your heartburn goes on for a number of weeks, you really do need to get a camera down, George, an endoscopy to check and make sure that things are OK. Oh, well, she's getting it a lot now, to be fair. Yes, she is. So my, Constant, she said. Yeah, my, my feeling about this is is make your diet bland. 
try some over-the-counter antacids, something like, probably the most effective one is something like Nexium, which is an over-the-counter tablet you can buy. But if you've taken that for four weeks and you've, you know, you're yeah. not, you're not living on oranges and, and, and you know, yeah. whiskey, I would suggest, and loads of tea and coffee and things that might upset your stomach, um, I would suggest you need an OGD. Can I just tell you about this Nexium stuff? Do you remember when I rang you in the middle of the night from Chicago and thought I was dying? I do. Because, uh, in fact, Actually, I... Actually, I don't because it never <laughs> happened. But you have mythologised this story so often but, that I now agree that it but happened. But I had reflux. You did. And I got... Somebody recommended Nexium. Yes. It didn't do anything. Well, I still thought I was dying. <laughs> now, here's one. This is really interesting, right? It's from a dame. Go on. She's 43. I'm not sure we're allowed to call them dames, but go on. When I'm lying down next to my boyfriend in the evening, I have noticed when I take one breath, he takes two or three. Is there anything wrong? Now, hold on a minute here. When you lie down next to a man, he, he tends to breathe fairly heavily. It's the most normal thing in the world. What's she worrying about? I think what you're implying is, is, is that he likes her more than she likes him. Is that no, what we're saying? No, men, men breathe heavy. Like, so whether it's jogging, which is uh, an old age pensioner's replacement for what she's talking about, which I, is horizontal jogging. I don't think she is talking about that. I think she's actually talking about what she says is when she's lying there, I know that you think that grown adults can't lie beside each other. They're grown adults, 43 and 50. I, I think cannot that she's, lie next to each other. I think other. she's talking about simply lying there and his respiratory rate being higher than hers. Now, it is healthier probably to have the lower respiratory rate. So she's probably the healthier of the two. As to why his respiratory rate is higher than hers, okay, Desire will do that to you, but he could have some kind of a chest issue that we should talk about briefly. Oh, he could be a smoker or have asthma or have a cold or a cough or a chest infection. He could. I'm You're unbelievable. <laughs> Your willingness to ignore the obvious is staggering. Your insistence on bringing everything down to its low base level is, is also well, no, staggering. Somebody says to me, I can tell you. Any female listener who wants to engage in research in this matter and wants to lie down next to me, oh, I guarantee you I'll breathe heavy. I'd say the text lines will be <laughs> hopping now, George. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, anyway, now, this one is serious. Okay. Because I do have some experience. Oh, when don't you have some experience? Can anything be done for plantar fasciitis or tendonitis in the Achilles? Terry says. Now, this is a pain kind of in your heel area, really, which never goes away, no matter how much help you get. So what do you do? Okay. Well, plantar fasciitis is, is pain and tightness in the sole of your foot. Yeah. So the underside of your foot. And an Achilles tendonitis is pain. And you know the ropey tendon you can see at the back of your ankle that joins your yeah. heel up to your calf. So you know the kind of ropey things that you can see at the back of your ankles. Um Stretching is very good for both of these things. And one of the good ways to stretch out your plantar fasciitis is, and, and, and we used to say this back in the day on the Right Hook Health Check quite a lot, is you push down with your foot onto the likes of a tennis ball. And then, so you're putting pressure on the underside of your foot and then you roll your foot backwards and forwards, which stretches out the underside of your foot. You can get physio, you can take anti-inflammatories and all for plantar fasciitis, but ideally what you're trying to do is you're trying to stretch out it the It is one of, of the great misdiagnosed injuries. Well, 
Fellas go round with broken bones yes, in that area. They do. Doctor says. And heel spurs as well. Yeah. yeah. And doctor says, oh, don't worry about it. It's a bit of plantar fasciitis. You know Take anti inflammatories. And you actually have a broken bone. Your foot. We're going to presume that this person knows what they have because we have no way of knowing. So we're going to oh. presume that. I'm just telling them that uh, it may not be. Well, what you're they quite think right. Heel is. spurs in particular um, are quite like in terms of symptoms of plantar fasciitis. But an Achilles tendinopathy or tendon is a nightmare of a thing and I say that as someone a bit like yourself I have some experience of that that's a nightmare because and don't go and play squash no, the following day no you have to rest it and yeah. you have to rest it for Correct. far longer than you think a good thing to do in terms of stretching it is is if you go and stand on the bottom step of your stairs okay and push your heel down towards the floor so that your toes are kind of pointing up but your heel is going down that's a good way to stretch out the Achilles and what you're supposed to be doing is kind of tensing up the back of your leg and stretching at the same time which sounds a bit counterintuitive but that's the best way to stretch the Achilles but it can take three, four, five months of resting and stretching doesn't really matter about the anti-inflammatories or anything because nothing really works and it's a very hard one to get rid of. Don't you have to go to a, a, a foot doctor? Well, I would suggest you might have to go to a physiotherapist. No, no the physiotherapist would be on the phone immediately. But, like, if this is persistent, because it can be, you're what about, do you call a foot doctor? You're talking about podiatrists. Podiatrists. And I, I, I referred to podiatrists one day recently uh, on air as, as as another name for chiropodists. And the podiatrists of the country yeah. rang us well, up you and did, gave yeah. out yards. So podiatry it's, is a different thing. Yes, it's, indeed. It's like your nonsense about white carbs. They're acid forming. They make the heartburn actually worse, Helen says. Well... Helen will have to agree to differ there on that one. Bland diets or a white diet is what you often say for, for, for okay. an inflamed stomach. What about half the country seems to have jumpy legs? What does it restless legs Have you never had restless legs? You who've had everything, George, have you never had restless legs where your legs actually feel jittery and you're lying in bed or in this case this person was on a long Well, flight. I have restless leg syndrome when I'm lying next to a female. Does that count? I, I'm not sure that's the same thing at all. I think that's, that's more like your rapid respiratory rate kind of yeah. idea. As well. well, with me, everything. Moves. You, everything is footsy <laughs> with you, George. Yeah. But, um, but no, I, that I've never had restless legs. It's a horrible sensation. I, can I had it once or twice in pregnancy. What's interesting is this person had it on a long flight. You do see it in people more so when they're tired or when they're a bit dehydrated. So if they're a bit under the weather, it'll be worse than normal. And um, there are things you can take. The first thing I would try taking is lots of flu. And I would also consider quinine something which you always give out about. But quinine is something worth trying. But if that doesn't work, gin and tonic—it never fails. Or, or we would might maybe on the on the health check recommend just the tonic as opposed okay. to the gin because we we do try and tone. I find tonic. I find tonic terrible without gin. I think you can't even taste the gin. Can I just time. tell you something about okay. Rose, which is the lady with the jumping leg? Yes. Interestingly, she mentions coming back from a return flight. I have become very attached to pressure stockings on long flights, which help. Do you know what pressure stockings I do, I do, I do, I do. The flight socks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think people should consider them more and more on flights of of three hours or more. Well, because people, you're right, people's feet and legs do puff up on those flights because of changes in pressure and stuff. So that is one thing. If this lady has a continuous problem, though, there are tablets that you can be prescribed by a doctor that work on your nervous system. They're not the nicest tablets to be on. If you don't need them, I wouldn't like to take them myself if I was the person involved. But there are tablets, if it's driving you berserk, that you can take. 
Yeah, listen, Tim is his GP and he's been at me. He's now sent four texts uh, about Hillary's pneumonia. Has he? He says it's incredible that she has pneumonia, which comes from an untreated uh, chest infection. How the hell did the the next president of America possible finish up with pneumonia? Do you agree with Dr. Tim? Well, from what I've read about Hillary's health, and obviously Hillary's health is trending at the moment worldwide, is it says she's had a chronic cough and she has some allergies. So I'm guessing the next president of the United States of America uh, possibly has a touch of atopy, sort of asthma type, you know, a persistent cough due to allergies kind of idea. And it's quite simple or easy when you're vulnerable to having a, a persistent cough. And she probably is on a fairly gruelling schedule, I would imagine, maybe a little bit run down that she got a nasty chest infection. I saw the, I saw the pictures of her stumbling and staggering. She, she did look like she was collapsing. But my, my guess is, is that they are on a punishing, punishing trail and uh, that you know she is she's, she's only but in her Trumpy's, 60s Trumpy's um, medical reports are unbelievably good his doctors are saying this is a man with a, in astonishingly good health well, that's his physical health we won't talk about I think he's great the mental health side uh, uh, listen of I knew nothing about I knew nothing about the menopause until I met you. <laughs> and I want to cover that next week because uh, I have a lot of questions on that. Now, um, Kira is here every Monday uh, on high noon at this time. And now as she leaves the studio, she'll do a, a Facebook live. Well, of course, she's just addicted to the camera <laughs> and put a camera in front of Kira Kelly and she's off and running. Anyway, she'll do a Facebook live on the News Talk Facebook page. So check her out there and she'll talk all about flight socks and menopause and plantar fasciitis. Meanwhile, Sean Moncrief uh, will be, uh, is about to come in and tell me what he's doing on the brand new Moncrief show. Did you enjoy your first day? I loved it. It's All like right. I never left. Go out, put your makeup on for the camera. Thanks, George. <laughs>